0: Ladies and gentlemen, there has been a murder, and you are a suspect. Oh, this is so fabulous. Ain't nothing like getting together with them and having a good meal. I wonder what's for dinner. This is
1: delicious. Yes. It was at this moment he knew.
0: This is rotten. What'd you say? I said eat. <laughs>
2: Drink. I just want a little Man. right on my tank okay two fingers index and middle knock knock who's there my (laughs) (laughs) bottle i always knew you were a bottom uh how do you know (laughs) i'm too big to be a bottom actually it's better to be a bottom wait is it it depends (laughs) (laughs) i guess it's just what you're into hi everyone this is welcome to the pod this is charles dimick with eat drink murder and i am so graciously gracious for my co-podcaster here what's what's your name My name is Sharif. Sharif, okay. I'm pretty sure. I I forgot what it was for a second there. Let me know if that's But hi everyone. Anyone that's out there, let me know. We're we're on we're 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 doing this. We're doing this thing. We're we're a couple drinks in, but guess what? That's good because you get the raw, unfiltered version of Sharif Charles E Drink Murder. Put like an explosion here. My nipples feel like milk duds. All right. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Very hard, extra chewy. All right, so let's get this thing going. Uh what are we doing tonight? What are we what what doing? Well, um, guess what? We're on to the bigums part two. But before back. we do that, before welcome we let's bet. just back the brakes up Let's back the brakes up, okay? Hello. But what what do we do tonight for the for the food? What, what was the food before you just we was get to was food delicious meal? Will,
1: I think we should just give everybody a nice warm. Welcome back. It's like welcome back, y'all.
2: Did, I y'all, I just don't like are, how you make me back up to listen, the up there. I'm
1: just saying everybody is coming back for big and part two. They're excited, they're hype about it. You they're left stuck. us biting our nails on the edge of our seats. We were we
2: were yeah, we were. So much. we're
1: ready for you to deliver on that culmination, the big family feud that you set us up for. So we're totally
2: stoked. Welcome back, everyone. Thank welcome. you so much for joining us. Yes,
1: and we are in our series, what is it? south carolina Carolina strange and sinister sinister. man we get better and better every time every time
2: every fucking time
1: bro but anyway anyway so in honor of the most exciting show yeah out right now yeah and we are even full. though we're still a little salty about game of thrones no 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 no. The, the hottest of, show out right now is our show motherfucker oh i'm talking First about television foremost. i'm talking about television if we're talking about podcasts of course eat drink murder all yeah day. we gotta flick our own all to all day <laughs> all day every <laughs> yes, day yes every day no the hottest show out on television right now Wow. Um, the hottest. You see what I did there? The hottest show out. Mm-hmm. House of Dragon. <laughs> House of Dragon. Mm-hmm. So, Daniel. we have today to drink a little bit of a hot mixture itself. <laughs> Flaming hot Mountain Dew. Flaming hot Mountain Dew. Which sounds like an awful idea.
2: It, 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 it will be, it, I'm sure. It will be. So <laughs> I, okay. I don't know. I love know. spicy. You like spicy stuff? Not spicy sodas. Okay, yeah, nah. that makes sense. I nah. mean, I never really had no. a spicy soda before, but I haven't but either, and I don't need to I love try spicy it. Food. To know that I don't like spicy soda. <laughs> I'm interested sodas. to see what it will do. You know what I what I found out though, this is kind of interesting. I forgot where I where I heard this. Mm-hmm. But people in East <laughs> Europe, they drink Mountain Dew with quill as like a boost and they call it Mountain Day or some shit like that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm sure they don't call it Mountain Day, but yeah. that's still... But that's, I'm
2: sure this has got the same texture. <laughs> oh, I mean, that was a Rick and Morty episode I just watched. That shit was hilarious. <laughs> that's yeah, <a> day do reputable, <laughs> <Day-do>. reputable <laughs> source of information. Let's, let's get some of that fucking do,
1: bro. All right, let's try this. Yeah, fuck it. It just tastes like Mountain Dew to
2: me. What's it? You get a little a little bit of flavor, A little burn? Do you mind burn? if I get a hit of that real quick? I don't know. Mm. It's kind of got like a... A cinnamon burn in the back right. of your throat. <laughs> I'm not getting any flaming hot. It does have a little. That's just because you're drunk. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I'm not drunk. No. I am three beers in. <laughs> I'm, <three> beers in. <laughs> we are I've, I'm only a, a bottle of wine in. I don't know why, but I think since I've turned 30, I've just like, I've just become a wino. Like yeah. a, 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 but it's it, the worst part is it's white wine. That's like not the, the worst part. Wine. It's not,
1: don't do that.
2: No. It's classy, man. You it's are classy. a fucking gentleman. Well, I'm going to drink the rest of this wine to, you know, wash down that spicy dew, the day dew. And, you know, I'm going to put my fucking pinky out when I do it, too. <laughs> yeah, you should because you're fancy. Mm-hmm. I'm just over here with a fucking ultra,
1: you know, so just <laughs> don't judge me. Anywho, i so, an
2: <laughs> And we also, we already ate our. Uh, yeah, you don't want to hear a smack on our lips. We decided. We yeah. decided tonight. We we're do. like, we're not. You're not going to hear us eat. I think episode two. You like really until did. until I eat Dude. Sharif's. Dude, day, we will not. Whoa, wait. Whoa. We will not bring it back. Be putting bring it that back? on. Until you do what? There. What? <laughs> <laughs> did I just excite you?
1: <laughs> I don't know.
2: You did just adjust yourself in your chair, so I'm just saying. better <laughs> alert. <laughs> yes, they call me. The Dyson 5000. <laughs> oh my uh, god! Did you know that C D, my nickname, the D is for Dyson, the C is for I cock. <laughs> <laughs>
1: ah,
2: yeah. Wow. That, uh, I always wondered what it meant. And now, I don't know. I'm the cock Dyson. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't drink anymore. This is what happens. I what? turn gay. You turn gay. <laughs> yeah. What was the food we ate? It was like some. Yeah. So today we ate a icebox
1: cake icebox cake which is an easy thing to make you can impress all your friends if you're like at a cookout they'll uh-huh. think you're fancy okay and it it was light and delectable oh yes it takes you take some pudding and you mm-hmm. mix it with cool whip mm-hmm. and then you layer that in between graham crackers
2: Ooh, yeah okay yep. Yeah.
1: and then we did have a chocolate topping on you get fancy you know put some icing on top like chocolate icing on top it was a dark chocolate mixture. But I actually did yeah. a chocolate ganache because I was being extra. You're so extra. Oh my I mean, gosh. we are an eat, drink, murder. We have to be serious. We oh can't be God. fucking yeah, dicking true. around in the that's kitchen. True. So I made
2: a real and, life know, ganache. We, just to be honest, like I'd prefer to have something more homemade or something more less mainstream than fucking they do. You know what we had? Uh-huh. Please send us your ideas. We want them. We want to take credit for them. We want all of the delectable dishes, the most drinkiest drinks. Okay? Well, I, I
1: would say that uh, flaming hot. It is in my chest
2: right now. Like, yeah, it's a, sitting right it above not, the right there the heart just sitting there so or is that my shame on you Mom, stroke i don't know and <laughs> without further ado should we, we get into did our story we
1: did our eat and our drink now it's time to get to the best part the murder. Murder. while we all are here today in the first place let's mm-hmm. just go ahead and say it yeah so we are picking up from our part, part one, one starting well, with leonard
2: so in our last episode we left off during the aftermath of the death of Arthur Davis, if you remember, that was the 16 year old boy who was essentially lynched by Leonard and a gang of his goons for possibly, probably not even damaging his prized mule, okay? Leonard and his family were having a meeting to establish some sort of alibi for Leonard because you remember he got in some trouble for this. Right. And Cleveland Bigham's wife, Ruth was not with the plan. She was not right. going to lie under oath but for, for Leonard, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. um, before Cleveland and Ruth were, you know, said to return home back to Harper's because they were having this little meeting together all together. you know, Ruth left and Cleveland like turns around and says to Leonard and the rest of his family, his wife would never testify against Leonard. Mm hmm. She's kind of like, she would, he, she would she's never. not going to test. Trust me, she's not going to testify against you, big dog.
1: That's like, um, dang, Cleveland, like, wait a. Uh, be Hold there on a second.
2: I thought Leonard, I thought, yeah, I thought Cleveland and stuff. was was the, the more level-headed bigum. This is not the case at all. Okay. A couple of weeks have gone by after this meeting that they had. Cleveland and Ruth were invited by their friends, a Mr. and Mrs. William Avant. To stay in their vacation home in Merle's Inlet for a few days. Merle's Inlet, it's it's fancy stuff. It's it's fancy there. So they, they accepted this most gracious invitation. And at this time, Cleveland and Ruth were pretty much fighting nonstop about this whole Leonard debacle going on. Ruth was unwavering in her decision to not go along with the rest of the bigums so Cleveland, in a chance to get away from his wife for a little bit went to go hang out with William Avant and blow off a little steam as they were playing checkers, Ruth decided to go for a little swim she put on her bathing suit and raincoat don't know why she put on a bathing suit and raincoat exactly. She she slipped she, around the, She was in South Carolina. You know exactly why she put on a bathing suit and raincoat. You know what our weather is like. She don't know what the plan she, she puts on the bathing suit and a plan for whatever. And the raincoat and she slips around the back of the house pretty much in, in hopes to avoid her husband and she makes her way to the inlet to go for a little swim. The story goes is that Cleveland and William were wrapping up their game of chess. Cleveland noticing his wife making her way back from a swim and he, he tells William, to look out, it's the ghosts of Alice of Hermitage. Shooter! Oh my god! (laughs) Now, we haven't really talked about the ghosts of Alice of Hermitage, but that is a big ghost story. Have you ever heard of the story of Alice of Hermitage before? No, I haven't heard of it. We're gonna have to do like a little, maybe a side dish. Yeah. Let's do a side yeah. dish on Alice of Hermitage. That it's a big great. deal in South Carolina. It's about a young girl who got sick after falling in love with a boy who proposed to her. She eventually dies, but before she passed away, she lost an engagement ring and haunts the area of Georgetown looking for it. But she's so famous, in fact, people today still visit the tomb of Alice and put little rings on her headstone. Wow. Yeah, it's wow. crazy. But anyway, back to our story. William, who was already a few drinks in him, not to be confused with with us who have a few drinks in them. (laughs) He got startled and shot at the approaching apparition and soon realized how bad he just fucked up. Cause Ruth, it was Ruth. Hey, (laughs) it was Ruth. Oh man, it was Ruth, What? What? Oh man, what was that big yellow fucking thing in galoshes in a swimming suit going around? Anyway. I cannot
1: believe, was that my wife that was about to testify against my
2: brother? Oh my. How did that happen? Poor William, who already had a few drinks in him, shot at the approaching apparition, and Ruth Bigham was struck in the back and died instantly. At least, that's how the story went. However, I did find an old newspaper article that may contradict the series of events told here.
1: A grievous mistake proved to be his wife at which he told his friend to fire. Georgetown special. News was brought to the city Sunday morning of a terrible accident which occurred at Sunnyside on Murrows Inlet about eight o'clock Saturday night. Mrs. Bigham, wife of Dr. G.C. Bigham of Harper, South Carolina was shot and instantly killed by Mr. William Avant, the owned of Sunnyside who mistook her for a burglar.
2: A burglar? What? I thought it was an apparition. Okay. Uh-huh.
1: Dr. Biggum was in attendance professionally at the home of Mr. Avant and took his wife with him. In the evening after supper, the two men were on the front porch. They saw in the darkness a figure pass the house and go towards the creek. They held it but received no reply. They then secured a double bowed gun and followed Dr. Biggum expressing the fear that they might get shot themselves. Mmm. Bullshit. (laughs) They proceeded and saw the figure apparently crouched close to the ground near the creek bank. They again called to it, but heard no response. Avant asked Dr. Biggum what he must do. Biggum, it is asserted, said, Shoot it! And Avant fired both barrels at the object at a distance of about 12 feet. Both men then ran back to the house. Not finding Mrs. Biggum there, a light was secured, and they returned to the fatal spot to find her stretched upon the sand dead. Both barrels had taken effect in her back, even the gunwads having penetrated the flesh.
2: The gunwads? What is the gunwads? I don't fucking know. Oh, no, no, no. So, like... Is this like back in the day when they used to put the bullet in the cloth and then they'd shove it it down? That's the wad. That's the wad. Gosh, that's the wrong wad to blow. Continue.
1: (laughs) Both barrels had taken effect in her back, even the gun wads having penetrated the flesh. Avant came to town with the news and accompanied Deputy Sheriff Ward and Coroner Fleck to Murrow's Inlet.
2: Okay, so essentially from this news article, it's saying that instead of the apparition of the ghost of, you know, Alice of Hermitage or whatever, that they mistook Ruth for a burglar, which I guess kind of makes more sense, but regardless, it doesn't really matter. I mean, Cleveland got William here to whack his wife for free because that's what happened she was not going to commit to this whole lie under oath about what had happened with the whole leonard debacle with arthur dang okay these biggums are ruthless man no one it's crazy they're in tape, man they're in tape no one is safe yeah, no one is. So Cleveland, for the next couple of weeks, he's playing his part as the grieving husband who just lost his wife to a tragic accident. And at first that worked, but it didn't work for too long. The story was picked up by the media and it led to public outrage. Can you imagine that? I wonder where the public outrage was for Arthur. Anyway, <laughs> it's terrible. The people demanded something needed to be done about this negligence. So Both, between me and you, yeah? I think he paid William handsomely. Ooh,
1: the conspiracy! I'm just saying. It I don't fits know. The bill. I don't know about that. The only
2: thing that, we've been like William, is, how much are they like the William Murdochs? and his wife? They own property I'm on s- Merle's Inlet, man. I'm again. I mean, William actually shows a little bit of remorse in this whole situation. I feel like he may have been egged on a little bit by Cleveland, but you know, I guess we'll never really know. I mean, this should have happened 200 years ago, almost. Right. What ends up happening is because of this public outrage, both Cleveland and William get arrested for manslaughter and they're held in the Georgetown jail. At this time, there's actually two Biggums in jail. We have Leonard Biggum for the murder of Arthur Davis and we have Cleveland Biggum in jail for the manslaughter of his wife. Luckily for Leonard, his old ties with the government, if you remember, His dad, Smiley Jr., was a state senator, combined with the testimonies of his friends giving him the alibi, this lie, that Leonard wasn't there or couldn't have possibly been there for the murder of Arthur Davis, Leonard is declared not guilty, and he gets set free. Bigums get off scat free they get so it, yeah. I, I'm it's scat, scat free scat is shit scat is poop isn't that the same mm-hmm. thing though no scat it? free it's scat it? free not scat free free of any scat? shit Say, have to deal with any shit
1: Sc- <laughs> free of any shit to deal with scat free it makes more sense ladies and gentlemen I'm Shut sorry up. I'm no, not a linguist or a wordologist I wouldn't say that I was any of those things. <laughs> yes. but there's other peasants out here that still are going by the former this terms this is
2: all just Sharif sure, not trying to admit that (laughs) He fucked up. Anyway. Okay. Leonard gets away scat-free. There you go. There's only one biggum in jail at this point. There's only one biggum that's in trouble with with the law, and that is Cleveland. This trial, however, with Cleveland did not reach the same verdict, and both Cleveland and William were actually found guilty of manslaughter. Wow. However, somehow both Cleveland and William were found guilty of this manslaughter charge of Cleveland's wife were sentenced to 3 years of hard labor and were granted an appeal and given a bond of $1500 and they both got out of prison. For, that Killing is his so wife. weird. How do you get how do you get charged? How do you get charged with something, found guilty and then you can bail out afterwards? I feel like South Carolina in the early 1900s is like the Wild West. It's crazy. Okay, they were charged. They weren't found guilty yet. Sorry about that. Somehow they get a bond of $1,500 for manslaughter. Right. So they bail out of prison and just skip town. William leaves his whole family behind and he travels to Texas. And this is somewhat bizarre. A traveling salesman from Georgetown eventually just finds William in Texas one day. He telegrams the authorities in South Carolina and they later apprehend him and bring him back to South Carolina where he serves a sentence of manslaughter. Cleveland, however who had his wife killed or his wife died. He was never brought to justice. It's <laughs> said that he found a home in Atlanta and he secretly wrote letters and visited the Biggum household from time to time. Some say the Biggums made a little hidden room in their house for Cleveland to come home and visit for a little bit. Ultimately, he was never seen from or heard from ever again. So he there just is the, there is a little paper trail though hiding, of though. Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And here's one of the letters detectives find when they're trying to do this whole manhunt for Cleveland oh, Bigham okay. um, while tracing the fugitives' whereabouts. And this was dated December 11th, 1916 from Atlanta, Georgia. From Cleveland the scumbag himself. Let's see. Mm-hmm.
0: Dear ones, I am ashamed of not writing you all before now. I wrote several times but have carried the letters in my pocket till I wear them out. I'm all right, have a good job with good people that appreciates what a man does. I'm married and got a little girl about a year and four months old, and I've been trying to get a picture of her to send you all, but haven't been able to do. Haven't you been trying to find me? A police said something to me about it last night. I'm at to wait a good while on account of my last letter looking like it been tampered with. I am buying a home in a lot here at $10 a month and then living in it. I would pay $7.50 a month, so you see, I'm buying it for $2.50 a month and it cost $600. How are we all getting along? I hope you make lots of money this year at the prices for cotton. I wish I could come see you all and let you see my little girl. My wife is just as good as can be and stays at home and takes care of what I make. I've always wanted a coon and a possum dog, you know, and I've got one now and I wouldn't take anything for it i hunt and catch coons and possums every chance i get tell smiley and edmund that i'll train them one if they want me to please now don't worry about me i'm not going to get in any more trouble if there's any way of keeping out of it trusting that i may hear from you all real soon i'm yours forever wcj
2: Oh, sorry. What's I the don't, that that must have been his pen name. That could be a fake letter. Who knows? But according to at least a piece of the Fox's hide, this is a letter that, that Cleveland had sent his family. So at this point, the family, the Bigham family, is in a little bit of a disarray. Cleveland just skipped on $1,500 bail. Marjorie, who's one of the Bigham sisters, she actually ends up adopting two boys. They're named the McCrackens. Okay. The McCrackens' parents died from tuberculosis or some other illness and Edmund, the middle brother, the other player in this game, he was living in Greenville at the time with his wife and two daughters. Edmund, Edmund's a bit of a degenerate, okay? Money always seemed to slip from his fingers and he had expensive tastes and was a known gambler. And There's actually one story in the book that talks about Edmund getting into a card game with two of his friends for about $800. And Edmund lost this game and he ends up driving the winner of the game home. Mm. The guy who won the card car game ends up in a ditch with his head beaten in the very next day when the sheriff spoke to Edmund he said he dropped him off at the front door of his house and he heard a cry for help but he decided to ignore it <laughs> Edmund was sure to also point out how upset the other loser of the car game was to the sheriff so you know he was playing with a couple boys and he was like good, yeah good I dropped him excuse. off he was fine you know what I'm saying out there but the other guy I was with, the other guy who played, who lost, he was fucking pissed. Here's a newspaper article about what had happened. All over a card game. I mean, a big one will kill you for less, so. Big one kill you if your breath stank.
1: His share lost in gambling. Edmund got his share of the estate early, moved to Greenville, married Mae James, and then settled in South Georgia, where he lost all his money gambling. His last $800 went to a gambler named Doc Pilson, who was found murdered and robbed the next day. Biggum questioned, blamed John Ransom, another of the players. Ransom got life imprisonment on Biggum's testimony
2: okay can we just stop for here for a second doc doc what are these names his name was doc pilsen the guy who died and then the the. other guy who who got blamed for the murder was john ransom come on
1: these names sound a little made up even still dude got life imprisonment and off of biggum's i know we kind of
2: moved from like leonard to cleveland to edmund but these are like the main players of the Biggum game, okay? I just wanted to give a little insight into Edmund Biggum. Besides being a degenerate gambler, Edmund was also a little bit of a scam artist. This is the best story of Edmund right here. One time he purchased a premium accidental health insurance policy for $36. The policy stated that in the case of an accidental loss of an eye, he would receive $10,000. For the loss of a hand, he would receive $5,000. So one day, he happened to be at a train station and decided to stick his hand on the tracks as a oh train God. was slowing down to a stop, oh. and it cuts his hand oh off. So yeah, Edmund actually gave his God, hand for an insurance policy for five grand. Yeah, and he told he everyone. A better way
1: than a train. Oh man, that's I, guess that's giving, a, I guess that's a quick way. Pass. I
2: mean, if you're gonna think of a way to cut your hand off, how would you cut your hand off? I wouldn't. But like, that's if you I were, toward. if you had to get that's your hand I'm cut off, any, you're not gonna like. Use a saw. I would do like cutting a tree accident. Oh, like with an axe. Yeah. Are okay. We, did they have chainsaws back then? Chainsaw sounds like it would hurt. Like it's like. That would be quick. Zoom. Train's pretty quick too. Pretty. Quick. I guess the train is. Pretty um, quick. his little alibi is that he tripped over something and his hand fell underneath the train tracks. Um, that's what ended up happening and the reason why he lost his hand. He filed the claim for getting his hand cut off. Right. But the insurance company rightfully thought the circumstances were a little suspicious. So they decided to take him to court. Wow. And unfortunately for Edmund, the insurance company found an eyewitness to the event. Uh huh. And they saw Edmund deliberately put his hand Dang. under the track. So he <laughs> ended ridiculous. up losing the
1: case. And so he still didn't get his. I mean, no, he lost just his hand. How much
2: $5,000 was
1: back back during this time?
2: Back in the day, let's see, this was 19. I think the last date we Lord had was 1916. So, $5,000 in 1916 money. That would be about one hundred thirty-five thousand dollars and twenty-six cents. So, so like, that would be a, that would be pretty nice, but a that's really your hand, bro. Like a, a really small house for your hand. <laughs> <Yeah>. God, <laughs> right? So yeah. Unfortunately, what an idiot. yeah, he's an idiot. <laughs> he didn't. He's not a good um, scam he not just a ended good up being broken one-handed, so he had to move back to Pamplico from Greenville. Um, oh my God! To live with the rest of the Bickham family. His family gave him after that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! God. Um. So. Edmund's moving back to Pamplico. The Bigham household is starting to get a little crowded. You know, we got Dora, Smiley Jr., Marjorie, her kids, Leo and John. Those are the McCracken and the kids, boys. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And now Edmund has his wife and kids moving on to this house in Pamplico. On top of that, Cleveland, who had actually control of the bigum estate at the time he skipped town somehow the estate passed to the two daughters of smiley jr Lethea and marjorie instead of edmund right that's because I mean, edmund's the middle child if you remember so i mean in most cases you would think that it would go to the next guy in the family right um but which at the time would have been leonard regardless smiley jr's kids End up with control of the estate. What's even more strange is that Lithia gets five sixths of the estate, while Marjorie only gets one sixth. And that's complicated and everything. But what matters is that Lithia owns most of the Bigum plantation at this point. Suddenly, Lithia comes down with the flu and dies. <laughs> oh no! So now it's all going to go to Marjorie. She leaves most of the land to Marjorie and her her husband. And they're the only people at this time who own any of the Bigum property. Marjorie and Lithia's widowed husband is a widowed? Is he still widowed? What is he? He's a widower. Widower. Are you sure? It's a widower. A male widow is a a widower? Right. Huh. Anyway, I kind of find this ironic because both Edmund and Leonard, who probably want this... Property the most end up with with nothing. I know that they're fuming. Yeah, they're fuming. Yeah. One day, um, Marjorie takes a little trip down to Charleston to get a lawyer to draw up three blank deeds made out for her control of the estate. In the case of her death, the small portion of the Bigham land was to be filled out and shared equally between Leonard and the two McCracken boys, Leo and John. Somehow, Edmund finds out about these deeds because Edmund's getting cut out of this deal. And
1: let me. Yes,
2: he couldn't get a handle on it.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, he could not. Um, he, he finds out about these deeds that are going to the McCracken boys, that are going to Leonard. He says he'd be dead before he let anyone get their hands on his family's precious land, except him. And of course, he's he's also not doing well. He doesn't have a cent to his name mm. at this time. So. Um, One day, while Marjorie and Dora went to Florence, he flips the house upside down, looking for them. These blank deeds. Finally, he discovers the blank deeds under Marjorie's mattress. He takes them and locks them in his dresser. When Marjorie returns, she knows what happened. But Edmund swears up and down he didn't take the deeds. On January 8th, 1921, Marjorie waits patiently for Edmund and his wife to leave their room across the hall of this crazy biggum house. When they leave, she tosses his room up and down looking for these deeds and discovers the dresser that's locked. So she grabs a hatchet and pries it open. And inside she finds the deeds of the biggum house estate and she decides to stuff them down her bodice and Edmund's See, that's wife That's what I was about to say. They, <laughs> they
1: have some terrible ass hiding places, but she's so, finally got so, smart. That's that's one place he will not uh, I
2: As she's stuffing these down Edmund's wife comes in the room and Marjorie tells her to get the hell out of the way and that she knew the whole time that Edmund stole the deeds and she says, next time if he wants to take them, he'll have to take them off my dead body. And sure enough wow, that's probably what's not... going to end up happening. Edmund's wife sends her kids to go get their dad and whenever he finds out, he is fucking pissed. He runs inside the house where he sees Marjorie helping their mother, their communal mother, (laughs) you know, it's their mom in the kitchen and proceeds to drag her outside. He picks up a barrel stave, which is like, I don't know if you know this, but barrels were held together by multiple pieces of wood is basically what I'm trying to say. Right. And he picks up this barrel stave and he begins (laughs) to beat the shit out of his sister with it, Mm. and ends up breaking her arm in the process. Over the deeds? Over the deeds. He also ends up striking his own mother while she's trying to intervene between Edmund and Marjorie's fight. He goes on and starts yelling about how he's going to kill all of them. While he's yelling up and down across the house, it gives Marjorie a chance to make a quick escape to the neighbor's house with the deeds. Terrified of being killed by her own Brother. She ends up staying with the neighbor for the rest of the week. And in that time, she talks to a lawyer, makes a will, just because she's so terrified of her brother, of you know what he's going to do now that she has those deeds on her. So what does she do with the deeds is um, the question. Well, we come to the big events of this whole story. Okay. On January 15th, 1921, in the morning, Dora and the McCracken boys get ready to leave the house because it was grinding day at the mill. I don't know if you know about this, but back in the day, you had to take your shit to a mill for it to get grounded. Like, if you wanted grits or some shit, you had to take, like, your cornmeal or whatever the fuck grits is made out of. I don't fucking know. But you had to take it to the mill. It was the day the mill was available to do the grinding. It was mill day. Was mill cool. day was an exciting. It was like, you know how we have the the state fair? They had mill day. That was so exciting. <laughs> right. i like so, so happy for the... Well, the boys are fucking stoked. The the McCracken boys are stoked. They get to go to Mill Day with their adopted grandmother. You know, they get to hop in the car, which I guess back in the early 1920s, that was a big fucking deal. That's like a real luxury. <laughs> it is. <I> mean. <laughs> They're like, 20 miles per hour, what is this? As this whole thing is going on, Edmund starts to pack up the kids and his wife to have a lovely day in the town. While he's about to leave, he spots Marjorie come in through the woods towards the back of the house and goes inside the Bigham house, but Marjorie doesn't see him. While Edmund's family is waiting for him in the car, he tells them to wait, he goes inside, To put up a pail of water he just used to clean the car with. I don't meal day, Ed. Come on, man. Yeah. He makes his way inside and stealthily climbs the stairs to Marjorie's room. He creaks open the door and he sees Marjorie sewing. Like, I don't, I don't get this. So, she just only, found day like, I just had to sneak in through the woods to do a little sewing real quick.
1: Um. Well, she figured they would be gone
2: yeah. off the whole day for meal day. She was like, finally, I get I, the house it, to it myself. It just baffles me. Like, I guess, like, me or you, we would have gone in, you know, so to have, like, you know, play, like, a video game or, you know, a, a session or right. You know, whatever. Right, um, but you know, Marjorie just she just wants to sew. She's it's like, not her Finally, fault. I have I'm not trying minutes. to make fun of Marjorie. It's none have, of this is her fault. She's
1: like, Finally I
2: have thirty minutes and my brother's not gonna <laughs> kill me. What am I gonna um, do? I'm gonna go sew. So it's it's not known what was said, but what ends up happening is Edmund puts a pistol to his sister's head and pulls the trigger. Wow. He grabs the deeds from her body and places them in Leonard's room. Why does he put him in Leonard's room? Well, you're gonna find out. Okay. So <laughs> as, he, he, as he makes his way back downstairs, he hears the McCracken boys outside. They're back from the mill day with, with like a fresh bag of grits or whatever. Oh. They were supposed to be gone all day. As his mother is getting out of the car buggy, he ends up shooting his own mother in the back Um, the boys the McCracken boys scatter into the woods he ends up shooting one of the boys through the neck and then tracks down the other boy in the woods and shoots him through the hand and face which is awful that's like one of the you know defensive wounds is like he put the one of the boys puts his hands up to block the the shot and it goes through his hand and his face It's awful I'm trying to figure out where his family that was waiting in the car is the entire time while all this is going down but if they were smart they probably stayed in And the and also where is Leonard during all this um business. So you may be asking yourself, where's Leonard during all this? It turns out the week that Marjorie was away, staying with the neighbor to get away from Edmund. Right. Edmund devised this evil scheme to get the deeds and get rid of anyone else who would have been a problem of him gaining this big em estate. So before all this even happened, Leonard and Edmund were out working in the fields. So just back before the whole McCracken boy murders, the mom murder, the Marjorie murder. Carter. Edmund's out with Leonard working in the fields because it was pig slaughtering day. Okay. Edmund actually ends up shooting Leonard in the head before all this even happens. Takes out Leonard's wallet and so Leonard was dead this whole time. Leonard was yeah he was already dead. God. <laughs> before all this he
1: lost his mind. So he, he snapped a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah.
2: His wallet actually was just a wad of cash with a rubber band around it. He takes out Leonard's money, that wad of money, and he kills Leonard and then plants a gun on Leonard's body to make it look like a suicide. He's creating some sort of an alibi. So Leonard was the person who shot his mom, Dora, shot the McCracken boys, shot Marjorie, and then goes out into the field and commits suicide, I guess because he's so grief stricken or whatever. After he shoots the McCracken boys and his mom, he goes out into town as planned with his entire family. And he starts to talk to everybody he sees to make sure they knew like he was out and about, right. you know, and he, he wasn't there. His plan is when he gets back, he, he discovers this triple murder-suicide his brother had committed, making himself look like a victim of a family tragedy. What he didn't count on is that when he returned home with his family, who does he see but his mother, Dora, crawling towards the house, clinging for life. So he tells everyone, he tells his family, stay in the car. (laughs) He drags his mother into the woods and shoots her through the mouth, knocking out her false teeth. Oh, nice little (laughs) description there. Um, (laughs) The police are called to the scene. You know, he's acting like this was all committed by Leonard. He calls the police. They come. They don't find Leonard actually until the next day. And at first, Edmund's scheme seems to kind of be working. The police seem to think that this is all committed by Leonard. The problem is, is that we have that neighbor, Marjorie was staying with, her name was Aunt Sylvia, for some reason. She actually sees the whole thing. Oh, no. <laughs> so, um, oh, ev- eventually Edmund is placed under arrest. What an idiot. And his defense the entire time is that it was Leonard and it wasn't him. I guess his whole alibi is, hey, the, like, the deeds were in Leonard's room. Leonard was the cause of all this but it doesn't work out. The trial for Edmund Bigham is a very long trial, and we won't get really into too much detail about that because, you know, I honestly feel like the two sources that we have really sensationalized it, but basically, I mean, it's crazy stuff, like lawyers hitting each other in the courtroom and stuff like that, <laughs> and then bringing out the skull of Dora, you know, the, the mom. It's just, like, really, it, it doesn't make much sense. <laughs> but Edmund eventually gets found guilty of murdering basically his mom, his sister, and the two McCracken boys. Finally Bigham goes down. He, he's sentenced to death. And of course that death sentence was appealed and it went back and forth a while and Edmund eventually ends up just getting life in prison. There is there is a little funny story. He did try to break out of prison once. He ended up getting epicac. You know what epicac is? Epicac? Epicac. It's something that science, it's like literally science stuff that scientists made that you you can take and and it will make you throw up. He somehow got snuck in some epicac and chloroform from someone and his whole, it was probably his wife actually who ended up smuggling that into him his whole plan was to take the Epicast to how. pretend to be sick and then use the chloroform when somebody came to check in on him to knock him out so he could you know make an escape but that did not end up happening <laughs> So they caught on to that. I guess he got caught with the epicac and the chloroform. And that's pretty much the story, you know. Oh my God. He ended up getting released from prison in 1960. He served time here in Columbia for 29 years, but wow. his condition to be released was that he had to be under the supervision of his lawyers. But unfortunately, he died two years after he was released at the ripe old age of 83. 83. Yeah, that's it. I'm about yeah. to say he had to be old. So it's crazy. Cra- this is this whole story was crazy as shit. The whole Bigum, with the, the ties to the U.S. government, with the crazy ghost stories, mm-hmm. the racist <laughs> lynching, the racist what's, what's, everything, what, racist everything. So there's patricide for killing your father. Matricide. Matricide. Yeah. So matricide. Ah, Sister side. <laughs> <laughs> adopted nephews aside. It's just a whole crazy story and the biggums are just a notorious family of South Carolina history. And don't forget the biggum that killed her husband. That killed her husband? Yeah, she poisoned him with the old family recipe. No, that was Smiley who poisoned his father. Yeah, but then later his wife poisoned him oh yeah 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 you're right just a whole bunch of crazy i mean they just <laughs> they killed each other and they were their own demise right but yeah it was, i think that was a pretty neat story pretty much through and I through mean, it it's nice. very rich in south carolina history it is but i hope you enjoyed the whole Bigum two-parter it's our first two-parter it is yeah of our podcast yeah.
1: and yeah, it was a great job i really enjoyed every bit of it it was awesome did we do our pl- plugs
2: yet power plug Power you gotta luck. do our power, power Plus.
0: S- <laughs>
2: you can you can find us on our website etrinkmurder.com. right um you can go to our instagram facebook page of course you can always listen to us on all your multimedia devices <laughs> spotify spotter google podcast pod and apple apple podcast apple pod. yeah Get that's it man Podbean. thank you all so much for listening we really enjoyed telling this story we hope that you enjoyed it yourselves. Good night, awesome. everyone. Good night. The only thing left I have left to say is- Push uh, Fuck the mic. Fuck, <laughs> the mic, fuck the mic, fuck the mic. Oh, that's a hot one. That's a spicy all